Welcome to Lead to Succeed. This is the podcast to hear from the leaders of today in various fields, from entrepreneurs to corporate directors. We hear their stories, lessons learned and challenges faced, as well as insights and advice to become a successful and an inspiring leader. The podcast is presented by us, Callum and Rebecca Jenkins, as we both believe that we all have the potential to be outstanding leaders if that's what we choose. Hello and a very big welcome to our listeners. We have a very exciting podcast for you today as we welcome Bishop Dr. Feb Ederhoser. Now, Feb, you consider yourself to be an educator and you've got a considerable background as your father established Benson Ederhoser University and that's committed to raising leaders and raising leaders for the nation and globally. And it's got some core key values and those are around putting people first, teamwork, having an ownership mentality, which I'm sure we're going to discuss in more detail. <laughs> People matter, transparency, integrity, innovation, accountability, and academic excellence with godliness. So I know we are very excited to be diving in and asking you lots of questions around leadership. And Callum is going to kick off with the first question. Yeah, so uh, so Fred, we're obviously doing a bit of a... Uh reading around you and to me there's a few things that will sort of like really stick out about what you're kind of all about and like education religion and leadership um and i know you have a passion for being able to sort of share things with students you work with and talk about things and you enjoy teaching entrepreneurship and that sort of stuff as well um i just want to kick off with things what what, what is it that leadership really means to you oh excellent well thank you very much for the chance to share with you and talk with you it's, it's um I, I'm, I'm glad to share with you this afternoon Leadership to me um, is really being able to take people and say, okay, this is where we're going. Um, I, I've always talked, I've always, I teach a class of leadership and I've always shared along the lines of saying, when a leader is in front of people, um, there's a John Maxwell saying that goes like this. If you think you're a leader and you turn around, no one's, no one's following you, then you just start taking a walk. So the truth is every one of us leads at some point. We have people that follow us. We're able to convince people to do things. Uh, you know, a friend of mine told me one time, when you were a young kid and if you're able to convince a friend of yours to go with you to go buy some sweets at the corner shop, then you led. So you've been leading since you were a little child. We've all been leading. And so now as we grow up and as we get older, leadership to me is being able to say, this is where we're going. We have an end point. We have a place we want to try to get to. And once we see that, having people follow you, people be, be able to, to mobilize resources, be able to mobilize time, able to mobilize people to be able to get to that point or that end point that to me is what leadership is all about i think that's a really good point thanks for that and i'm i'm sure you've probably had some good examples of that with the students that you work with at the benson Idaho's university and you know you helping sort of students really develop their potential in terms of leadership um is there anything that are there any sort of experiences around that uh this sort of really stuck out for you perhaps what other students have done or things that you've been able to share with them? Sure, sure. One of the things I enjoy the most is talking to young people. Um, you know, I remember being, being 20 and 25 and being their age. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not that tall now, I'm about 26 now, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember being their age and, and, um, and wishing 
at that point I had someone tell me, this is how things are, this is how life is, this is, how, this is what you should be doing now. I wish I had someone that would sort of leave, tell me those kinds of things because I'm thinking now at my age, I'd be so much further. If I had somebody who had gone in front of me and said, no, no, I've done this, this is what you do, watch out for these mistakes, try this and try that. Um, my father and my, my father-in-law have, have two sayings which I use and help me in my leadership. So my father, my father used to always say, if you want to go further, find someone who's gone farther. Um, those two words mean the, they mean the same thing if you look in the dictionary, but the, the point of the, the whole statement was basically saying, if you want to go beyond where you are right now, you have to follow someone who has gone beyond where you are. Because the person who's, who's in the same place you are can't really tell you much more about the future. If you're trying to climb a mountain and you're both, you and I are both at the bottom of the mountain, you can't really help me or I can't help you tell you what it is up there. Now, the person who has climbed, climbed a mountain before, he's climbed before, he knows where the pitfalls are. He knows where not to step in and what, what places, what paths to follow. So that's what he always said to me. And, and I, so I've, I've always tried to find that. And I wish, my, you know, I wish I had someone that, that did that for me when I was that age. My father died when I was 25. Wow. And so I had a few years with him where he mentored me, but then after that, he was gone. Um, but my father-in-law, step into that position and, and also I have another mentor that helps me out with those things now. I wish I had them earlier because I think I would have done a whole lot more. You know, I'm happy where I am now, but I've done a lot more. So my father-in-law father says it this way. He says, find someone whose everyday life is your someday dream, or whose everyday experience is your someday dream. Now that person is doing every single day what you want to do someday. You can find that person and listen to them and follow their example you will do a lot better and go further. So those are the words that have inspired me and helped me want to talk to our young people at the university, talk to young people around the nation and say, look, you don't have to wait till you're 50 before you start doing things. You can start it, you know, when you're 18, start when you're 17, start when you're 20, 25. You can do a whole lot more. And so that's, that's my inspiration. That's what helps me talk to so many young people. And I'm always happy when I see some people that we've worked with as young, when they were young, I look back, see them now and they're leading organizations, they're running things. And I'm very proud to see it. I have a friend, I have one of our students works at PwC um, in London. Right. And so I'm thinking, oh, he, he did a great job and he's doing a great job now. He's got his PhD already. Nice. Thinking, oh, so. That's brilliant. I think that's a really nice cause. I think you described that really well, Pablo. I think it's really nice that you can, you know, you're able to like, um, appreciate like how far you've come and be able to like give back to the other younger students and help sort of like inspire them and develop their leadership potential. I think that's a really amazing course. Um, and you mentioned just now about like some of those students who have like gone on to do great things and like have really developed into their full potential. Is there any sort of like traits or qualities in those students you kind of like stands out to you and you would sort of um, put that down as like a trait of a really outstanding leader? Um, yeah, absolutely. I think, I think one of the biggest ones I've, I've seen with these young, young men and women is, is curiosity. Um, they, they have that desire to see something more than what they see now. So um, one of our, we, we, keep try, we try to keep track of our students and I see them everywhere in different places. I was on, I was on a flight um, from Berlin to, to Abuja a couple, couple of months ago and I ran to one of, our, one of our graduates. I didn't recognize her at all, but she recognized me and said, do you remember me? And I kind of remembered her a little bit. But she, she's, the, she's the second in command of Nigeria's Import-Export Bank. She's the second, second person wow. in charge. And I'm thinking, okay, great. This is awesome. And she's talked about how when she was in university, we talked to them about you can become better, you can do more, 
you can um, you can aspire to change Nigeria because our, our university's prep, core purpose is just two words: change Nigeria. And so we talk about everywhere you go, you need to make, you need to lead the change. And so I found that those students that when they were with us, they were curious about things. How did things work? Why did they work this way? Why do things have to do be the certain way? The biggest things that I remember them asking was why. They would challenge us and ask us why this, why that. And those ones, I see them now and they are in charge of things, they're running organizations, they're doing great work. So I think the ones that ask the question why are the ones that I, I found did, 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 did probably did the best. They were curious, you know. Nice. I think that's a I think that's a really good point. I think that's something that you know people maybe have from like a younger age and as they get older kind of like ask that question a little bit less and you kind of maybe absolutely you're right to, you know following down like the normal route you're taught to like kind of follow you know right not be so curious and that sort of stuff um so i think that's a really good point um but you talked earlier on further about like just now you're saying you know like you can start being a leader when you're 17 18 or when you're in your 20s you can become a leader and, and be the change that you want to you want to see um was there any point kind of in your career where you felt like you became uh, a leader? Is there any sort of particular point that really stands out to you that you think, yeah, you know, that was when I really sort of stepped into a leadership position? Yes, definitely. Um, like I was saying before, my father passed away when I was 25. Oh. And um, <clears throat> I, so I, I came back, I, I was in the UK at the time, I was in school and um, guys and Tommy's in London. And um, I, I came back to Nigeria and I started working in the university and working with my mother. My mother stepped into the leadership at the church. But as I was working then, I stepped into the university and I was working at the university. And I stepped into his role where he was. And um, at first I was just thinking, okay, let's try and make sure we keep things stable, make sure things are okay, nothing falls apart, because that was my biggest thing. I didn't want they just say, okay, my father died and everything just fell apart in your leadership. So my thing was manage everything, make sure, make sure things are okay. Just keep things alive, keep them stable. But after about a year, I was listening to a, a tape of my father. We had, we had cassettes back then. I don't know if you know what those are now. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he said something, he said, your job is to motivate, to inspire, and to encourage. And he was just talking just to, to an audience, but it hit me as if, as if he was talking to me. And I remember thinking, okay, we can't just maintain and manage everything the way it is. We'll never grow. And I just remember thinking, okay, we need to start inspiring people to grow beyond where we are. We need to start um, motivating them to become better. And that's when we put together our, our mission statement for the university and, and put together our vision statement of how we want to build people into leadership. And that's sort of how everything began to grow from there. And it just hit me that if, we're, if I was to do what he did, I, I wasn't supposed to fit into his shoes. I, was supposed to, I had my own shoes, but if I was going to do what he had done, I needed to inspire people and motivate them to become more, and I needed to lead them. And you can't really lead when you're st staying at the same place where everybody else is and saying, let's just manage, let's hold the line, because you'll never grow beyond where you are. I think that for me was my defining moment when I, when I, when I realized that, is that I had to lead. And for those who are listening, you have, to, you have to step in front and say, this is where we're going. And once people see where we're going and it's clear where we're going, they'll follow. If they see the why beyond, beyond just the what, they'll step in as well. Uh, one of my favorite books is by Simon Sinek, and he talks, and it's, it's called Start With Why. And it's an excellent book. Um, I refer to it all the time. But that for me was when I, when I defined the why, the what became easier. So that's, I think that, that was for me was when I defined I needed to lead, and we have to lead beyond where we are.
I, I think the thing about that, and I love that book as well, but the, the point of being a leader, you don't always have the answers and you're not right. expected to have all the answers, which is something that I had to learn. That I always thought people looked at me and I was expected to have all the answers. And if I didn't know then that I was failing as a leader, no, but that's, that's not actually the case. Absolutely. And, and, you know, going with the territory of being a leader is that you are going to face failure. You're going to face challenging moments. You're going to face tough times when you don't have those answers. It just goes with the territory of being a leader, which I would like to get your perspective on that. And if you face those challenging moments, how have you overcome them? How have you dealt with them? What resources do you pull on? Maybe you could even share some challenging moments with us. I'm, I'm, I'm sure a big one was when your father passed away and you had to step in and make sure everything was well contained and making progress. But what the, the key question is, Feb, how do you deal with those challenges that come with being a leader and not having all the answers? Absolutely. That's a great question. Um, I think you, have, you hit it right on the head. We don't have to have the answers. We just have to be able to inspire people. So let's find it, let's find answers together. Let's work together. Um, you know, um, Craig Rochelle is another one I listen to, and he talks. And one of the things he says is, people would rather follow a leader who's always real than one who's always right, mm -hmm. because we think we have to be right, have no all the answers. We want to be, but the truth is, we don't have to do that. We just have to say, okay, look, this is a journey we're taking. My job as the leader is to help us, is to give us direction, tell us where we're going and then help to mobilize our resources, our time, our people to get to that goal. And once you understand that, we can do it together. Um, I don't have to be the one who's, who knows all the answers. I don't, I don't have to be the one who's the smartest person in the room. As a matter of fact, I believe personally, um, I shouldn't be the smartest person in every room. I should hire people who are smarter than I am. Um, I learned this a long, early in my leadership too when I was trying to be the one who was the accountant, the one who was the, that who knew the most about um, the, 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 the every document and had to be there. I couldn't, I can't do everything. And um, my father-in-law tells me the same thing as Kenny says, he says, don't educate your weaknesses. Now what it means by that is basically saying, there is where you have your strength. So put, put, put your strength to work um, and enable your strength some more, but don't, don't educate your weaknesses. So. If I, if I have um, an accountant, <clears throat> and I took accounting in college, um, I took accounting 101 and 102, so I had two awesome semesters of accounting. So I think I know all about accounting now, but the truth is, <laughs> there's somebody who wakes, up, who wakes up every day, he loves numbers, he breathes numbers, he knows, he loves accounting. Now I could go to back to college and spend four years trying to get to where he is now, but in those four years, he would have gone even beyond where I am. So I don't have to educate my weaknesses. Like what I need to do is um, find someone who's, who loves that and who's smart in that particular area. My job is to bring, bring these smart people together and mobilize and maximize these resources to get to where we want to go. Um, so, okay, one of the stories you're asking about, one of the stories uh, and a challenge um, from my early years, remember I was probably maybe 20, 26, 27, almost 30, um, when, <clears throat> when one of the people at the university, there's, there's, there's a gentleman who came and challenged me, challenged my leadership, which I'm, I'm okay with that, I don't have a problem with that, but he, kept, he came to me one day and said, you know what, my son is older than you are. I have years of experience. You don't, you don't deserve to be in this position. 
And so I was just thinking, it took me a while, it kind of, kind of threw me off balance a little bit, but I remember thinking, okay, that's true. Um, these things are facts, okay? You're older than I am, that's a fact. Your son's older than I am, that's a fact. You have more experience in some areas, that's a fact. But the truth is, well, first of all, I signed your paycheck, that's the truth. <laughs> but beyond that, um, I think the truth is also that I'm in this position and my job is to help to mobilize all of these resources. So if you can't work with us, then we need to find you somewhere else that you can work and be comfortable. But we're going here and, and I've set our directions, what we want to do, and this is where we're going. Um, so I think every leader is going to find that time when your leadership gets challenged, your thoughts get challenged, people will come and say they know more than you, they do this. Those could be facts, but the truth is what you need to stand upon. The truth is where you are, what you're doing, and where you're going. And the truth will always overcome what, what some of these facts are when they come head to head. So that's the way, that's the way I look at it. And that's, that's what helped me in my time when I was challenged. So you like to look at, consider the facts and you know, you talk about your, your truth and who you are and where you're going. How do you, how do you deal Feb, with people that may have a different kind of mindset? Because one of the values of the university is that ownership mentality, which I think is so important. We all have to take responsibility for who we are and our actions. But how do you work with maybe somebody who perhaps doesn't have quite that same mindset? How do you help to educate them or change them? Or yeah, how do you manage a situation like that? Well, mindset is absolutely very powerful. It's a great question. There's a saying that goes that the mindset, the mindset um, a bad mindset is like a flat tire. You're not gonna go anywhere until you change it. So. Until you change that bad mindset, you're never going to go anywhere. Yeah. So you got to change it. Change it. That's a great so, saying. Sorry to interrupt you. That's really good. I like that. <laughs> it's not. I wish it was mine. But it's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you. Carry on, please. <laughs> no, no, not a problem. We're having a conversation, so that's fine. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, when you find people with that kind of mindset, the first thing that you know. Now, I'm 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 someone who's kind of gentle. I don't want to, I don't look to say, okay, let's fire you right away, get out of the way. No, I'm, I'm a little bit general. I'll try to work with you. I'll try to convince you. I'll try to say, let's work together. And I'll try to show the reasons why we must do this. That's why I talk about, this is the truth. Now, these are the facts. But the truth is, if you want to be part of this family, we have to, or part of this team, or part of this community, we have to do things this way. I'm here as leader. Um, one day, when you have your own organization, you can, be, you can lead things in your, the way you want to do it. But this is what, this is what I want to do at this moment. And we try to put these things together. Um, when you have that challenge, for me, it's, we, talk, we try to change the mindset. But you'll find eventually that the people who don't share the same mindset, people that you really can't move with, that, with, with them. And so, like that flat tire, if the mindset doesn't fit into where we're trying to go, the truth is we won't, it'll, it'll hold the entire, the entire organization back. Um, like Jim Collins says in his book, really, um, Good to Great, that's one of the things you'll see is if we have someone who's holding us back, it, demo it demotivates those who are ready to work and doing things right because they see that person and say, well, what's, why is he still doing the things that he's doing when we need to go? And if I, as, as leader, tolerate that and allow them to stay, it'll do one of two things. It'll slow the entire company down or the, the organization, the university, the church, whatever it is, or it'll make those who are good say, you know what? I don't, I don't belong here. And they'll, they'll step out and they'll leave because they see that this person's holding us back and we're not willing to do anything about it. 
And so it's like, yeah, so we can't, <clears throat> if, if I get into a bus and there's a flat tire on that bus, and we say, well, let's just keep managing it. Let's just keep working with it. Let's just keep trying to push it along. Those who really want to go somewhere will get off the bus eventually saying, well, we can't really stay here because it's, it's not working. We're not moving. So you have yeah. to really find a way as a leader to move us along and change what needs to be changed. Sorry, go on. That's all right. Just a quick question, Fred. If you were, if you were say, a leader of a team and you had someone in your team who kind of didn't have the, the right mindset or didn't really share the vision of where your team or business or whatever it was was, was trying to go, would you have any advice of how you can try to try and get them to see things in the same way as you're seeing them or your business sees them? Perhaps like relating back to the why of, of why you're trying to get to where you're going. Do you have any advice around that at all? I think you just said it right there that the first thing is bring them back to the why. Oh. Um, when people don't when people don't flow with where we're going, the first thing I need to do is show them the why. Yeah. And then another thing I think um, you know I tell the story all the time about about um, Moses and Joshua, if you know them in the Bible. Moses, Moses took everyone to the promised land and said, let's go, let's go, let's go. And they were, they were, they were gonna go, but then they heard that the land was so big, it was, there were giants there, and they all kind of shrunk back so they weren't gonna go. But then Joshua comes along 40 years later, and Joshua says, okay, this land's our land, and then he shows each one of them why they're going there. He says, we, we're going there because it belongs to us. We're going there because, um, when we get there, this is going to be your side. And you guys, this tribe, this will be your portion. This will be your portion. And he showed each one of them what the benefits were for each of them. And so he showed them the why, showed them what was in it for them, and he showed them what they would get as a community, what they would get individually. So really, he came back to why, which is what you just said just now. He showed it. When they understood the why, and then they understood the what was in it for them, then the what, which was let's go fight a battle, that was easier for them to do. And they were able to go in there and do that. As opposed to Moses, who just said, let's go, let's go, let's go. And there was no real why. So I think in any organization, when you find people like that who um, are not quite sure, my first thing is let's tell them the why we're doing this. If we know the why, um, if we understand the why, then the what becomes easier to follow. And, and then if you find that then that people are not, if you share the why, you share the, what's in it for them and they still won't follow. And that, then, then it becomes time to say at some point, well, maybe we need to find, help you find another job somewhere else. So I'll, give, I'll give, give someone a call, help you find another job, or I'll give you a nice letter of referral. But the truth is that I want to try to help bring us there before we do that first. So that's my... I thought that was a really good analogy. I like that one. Another, another good one. <laughs> Thanks. I think one of the things I've learned is that you have to face into those tough conversations sometimes with people that aren't aligned to your vision, your why and where you want to go. And mm -hmm. although it's a tough conversation, you are actually helping them out because they're probably not happy anyway. It's not a good fit for them. So they're mm -hmm. not happy. And then when you have that conversation and they decide to move on to another role or another company, um, in my experience, the team around me would say, what took you so long? Exactly. That's, 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 a true. that's exactly right. <laughs> and and that, that's my problem because I, I'm, I'm very soft. I'm not the one who wants to tell you to, to leave right away. But you're right. That's exactly what they tell me. What took so long? He needed to leave <laughs> months ago. <laughs> so uh, yes, that's always a, a, a lesson that, I, that I've learned. You've given us so much in this podcast. And I'd like to ask you now, what three pieces of advice would you give aspiring leaders from your experience, the people that you work with, your 
how you develop teams and people around you. So what three pieces of advice Fab, would you give? Wow, okay, that, wow, that's, that's, a, that's, <clears throat> that's a lot. Um, I think the first thing I would tell any leader is you've got to start continue, continue learning, always be learning, if, especially if you want to keep leading. Um, John Maxwell calls it the, the law of the lid, that you know, people will only rise as high as your leadership. So your leadership becomes the lid on your, your, lid on your organization. So my father always told me, the day you stop learning is the day you start dying. So I've, I'm always reading, I'm always trying to learn new things. I'm always trying to, to get information that will help me as a leader. You mentioned having um, tough conversations. I've got about three books on tough conversations because that I think is my weakness. I, I'm, I'm very gentle and I don't want to, oh, well, you know, let's manage you, let's sort of do that. And the truth is you, you need to have that tough conversation. So I've been learning that. Um, a lot in the last couple of weeks and months. So I think number one is keep learning. If you want to lead, you have to keep learning and do better and make yourself always be learning new things. It doesn't mean you'll know everything, but if you're learning, you'll help everyone following you learn as well too. So I think the first one is just to keep learning. Um, when it comes to people following us and trying to achieve things together, I would talk about try to build teams with some of the, some of the smartest people you have around you. People who know more than you do, get people who, who understand areas where, you know, where you're not necessarily an expert in. So in one of, one of our companies we have right now, we're working on um, some, <clears throat> working on, on a financial, on a, on a fintech. And so what we're doing there is I'm thinking, okay, I know what I want to do, but I need to gather people who understand how this works, who understand the, the in-depth things um, of the organization, of how the digital, digital space works knowing that Nigeria is moving into that space in the next couple of months, I need to find some of the best minds and really work with them so that way when they put this together, we can lead. So my job then as leader is not necessarily to be the one who knows every single thing about fintech, but I need to know where we're going. I need to be able to mobilize all of these resources together and put them in a place where we can start doing, where we can start making things work. And third piece of advice then, um, is to move, move and move fast. When you decide what you want to do, don't waste time on it. I've, I've, had, I've had lots of things that we've lost because I took too much time thinking about it. Or I took too much time trying to work and getting it perfect. And in trying to do that, it may have gotten perfect, but then when you bring perfect out a year too late, you're, you're, you're way behind. Um, so my father, talked, my father said things to me about, when you decide what you want to do, move and move quick. Um, don't waste time trying to analyze for so long that you, that you get stuck not getting things done. So I think for us as leaders, when, when, when you decide what you want to do, mobilize the resources and start moving. If you don't have all the resources, um, start working. There's a saying by John Maxwell that goes, um, resources move in the direction of those who are moving. If you don't start moving, the resources won't move. They won't see you, you're working. But when you start working, then resources will come together, you'll start putting things together. People will see that you're working, they'll jump in, they want, to, they want to help, they want to work with you. But if you sit and still, nobody knows you're doing anything. And as long as you do that, we'll stay in the place where we've always been. Those are, they're, they're great three points. Thank you, Feb. Um, I love those. Continue to learn. I know Cam and I both agree with that. Yeah. We're always reading books and swapping notes and sharing books. Um, hire smart people um, from I agree with that completely and 
it takes you forward, doesn't it, to surround yourself with 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 smart people. Move fast, yes. Um, I've learned a lot about that as well. Moving fast, not over analyzing things. Get on with it because I think once you make that decision, right. Whether that decision is entirely 100% right or not, it really doesn't matter, does it? It's, you've, got, you've made the decision, move forward, and you will learn as you move forward. Absolutely. Very true. I think we'd like to ask you now about... Yeah, well, I was going to say, I imagine we've probably both, both got a question. Um, so maybe, maybe if I go first. Um, I think I, I could relate to what you said a little bit at the start, Feb, about um, you've developed so much as a person from when you were say the, the students you talked with who were in their 20s from what from when you were in that position to where you are now and how much more you know and you like to be able to give that back to those people so they can help kind of really realize their full potential and, and grow as much as they can if for any of our listeners who are kind of in that age group is there anything you might suggest that they look at or read or do or try and gain experience of that could write really kind of help them um, improve and develop as a person, especially kind of in this time where we're at now, where a lot of us are working from home, we might have kind of more time on our hands to explore different things. Do you have any sort of advice that they could do to really kind of help them realize their full potential? Oh, wow, that's a great one. <clears throat> yes, definitely. For, for any young man now who's any young man and young woman who's, who's got some time on their hands, who's in their early 20s, um, you you're probably in the best time that's ever existed. I thought when I was young, that was the best time that ever existed, but now this is the best time because we have access to so much. You have access to the internet is, is, in, is in full bloom. You have access to the courses online. Every university in the world has the courses online free. Um, you know, you can go down to, to any of these MOOCs and learn from them. So I would, I would say the same thing is, this is the best time of your life right now. In, in the 20s, decide on what you want to do. Decide on where you want to go. Stephen Covey says um, one of his habits of seven one of his habits of um, highly effective people is you need to begin with the end in mind. So when you're 22 right now, you know, fast forward and say that by the time I turn 25, what do I want to be? By the time I turn 30, what do I want to be? I talk to young people all the time, and they always say, "Well, I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to be this." And so my next question is, "Okay, how?" So and they say, "Well, I haven't thought about the how yet. I just know I'm going to be there." Then I ask, "Why?" Well, I just want to do that. And so some of these questions are things we haven't really thought about. And I think at my age, I look back now, I think I wish someone had told me, okay, why do you want to do this? How are you going to do it? And then just ask me to take the steps. So I think for any young person now, I'd say, okay, let's fast forward into the future. Um, um, and look, they call it, uh, what's the name called? Brian Tracy calls it back from the future thinking. So it goes, instead of thinking back to the future, it's back from the future. So go, go to the future, see what you want to be, see what you want, where you want to, what you want to achieve. Then come back from there and say, okay, what do I need to do now to get there? If I want to be um, an aerospace scientist or an astronaut, or I want to be a CEO of a corporation, what will it take me now at this point? What I, what I need to be doing now that will move me in that direction? And you're 20, start moving. You have time on your hands now. I'm almost 50, I have 40, 50 years left of my life maybe, if I'm lucky, 60. But you have, um, you have 50, 60, 70, 80 years, you can do all these things now. Start working out, don't wait till you're 30. Many, I remember when I was in, in school in the UK, I was, I was in my early 20s, and um, 
all, all the kids wanted to do every night was go out and party and go out and drink and get drunk and get sloshed. And yeah, I mean, that was nice, but it didn't do anything for my future. And so I, for me, that, that was no life at all. And just, just think, okay, so what do I want to be? Um, someone's, someone's 30 years old and is already a millionaire, is already a multimillionaire because he's been working at it every, every, for every day of his life. So I would say, practice back from the future thinking. Start thinking, okay, look, if I want to be there, what do I need to do now? The same thing you do when you go, when you go to college or university. You, um, you, you spend four years in school learning something, learning a trade, because you want to say when you're done, you can become this or you can start studying that. I would say the same thing for us now. I'm sure this, this is one of the best age to do these things. Start now, start moving, and you can get there. That's some, I think that's some really good advice. I can definitely relate to that. So, yeah, thank, thanks very much for sharing that. That's, that's great. I really like that. Thank you. And you're at a great age yourself, too. So, <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, maybe, maybe I asked it probably for my own, my own benefit. 50 <laughs> 50. Awesome. What would you like to share with us and share with our listeners about big projects that you've got coming up? You talked a little bit about fintech just now, but is there something that you'd really like to share? Your big goals, your big dreams, things that you're working on? Sure. Thank you very much for that, for that question. We're, we're doing something, we're doing some work with young people, young people, <clears throat> young people in Nigeria right now, and we're working on a project that we call the Leadership 300. Now, this is a, a friend of mine, or sorry, a mentor of mine talked to me about saying, if you want to change a nation, you really have to, you don't need a million people, you just need a couple of people who are revolutionary in their thinking, who are innovative, and who will begin to say, this is what we need to do, and are willing to go on a limb. So we're trying to gather 300 young people that can say, look, um, Nigeria right now is made up of 60% of our population is under the age of 30. And we have about 200 million people. So that means at least 100 million Nigerians, at least, are under the age of 30. Now, in 10 years, they'll be, they'll be 30, they'll be 40 years old, and they'll be leading the nation. So if we can find people who have influence and begin to talk to them and work with them to, to become better, to see how we can make Nigeria a better country. My, my, dream, is, my dream is to have a nation that we can be proud of, where our um, where people where things work, people live by principles. And so that's what I'm trying to do is find young men and young women that we can inspire and begin to work with them to see that Nigeria is a changed country. It's, it's a very big dream, um, but that's, that's my biggest one. My, my, second, my second biggest one I'm doing right now is we're working on building a city. We want to build a city that can actually show what people who trust God can do. So we've got um, land that's approximately the size of Disney World and we're trying to work to see how we can build a city that works, um, power works, things work. We have two planned cities, two planned cities in Nigeria. They go also in Abuja. But we want to try to do another one that can actually show that things can work in our nation. So that's what we're trying to do. So those, those are my big projects I'm working on. They're certainly big. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> Building a city from scratch is a significant project. <laughs> and well, it's not me. I've got to find smart people. So I'm not going to do it myself, but I've got to find smart people. If any of our listeners or we could help you with any of that, what would you, look, what would you like us to do if we could help in any way, shape or form? Sure, that'd be awesome. I'm looking, I'm looking for people who, who, who have done this before, who um, can help look at, look at city planning, um, can, can bring resources in terms of understanding how cities are built. 
So I look at Dubai, for example. Dubai, um, 15 years ago, was a desert. It's still a desert, but there is an oasis in that desert right now. And they've, they've gotten people who have come in with resources to build a city that the entire world looks at when they come to. And so if we could do another Dubai in Nigeria, that would just be a dream country. Wow. Well, okay. yeah, certainly ambitious goals, isn't it? But I'm sure with your, the way you are, I look on life, I don't think there's any reason why. <laughs> so hopefully, yeah, hopefully we, we can get some of these things done. That's, that's my big dream. Awesome. Uh, we've well, we wish you every, every success with that. And uh, I've got loads more questions I'd like to ask you. Can you allow me one more just of before course. we wrap up? Not a problem at all. Thank it's you. And I'm sure you've got another one as well, Cam. Have yours or we just can... Yeah, mine gone. You've got another one. Okay. My question is, Feb, we talked about having a coach or a mentor, somebody who's been further than you have to help you get where you want to be. Um, right. I believe in having a coach and a mentor myself and when I've had them I know I've made faster progress than I have without. Right. Do you have a coach now? Um, I have a mentor that, um, that's, that, I, that I talk to. Um, he's, he's, he's someone that my father mentored when, mentored when he was young and um, he's in his 60s now and so I go to him all the time. Um, my, father's, my father started at one university, he's been able to start three. And um, I remember there was one time what he told me, he told me this story, Let me, if I don't mind, tell, tell the story as well too. He told me the story that there was one time he was, he was working on a project, he wanted to do a big event, um, a crusade basically, to, to um, a big um, church meeting. And my father told him, he said, okay, look, I've got some money over there, how much do you want? And he said, I don't want your money. And my father was offended at first, he says, what do you mean? I'm telling you, our bankroll, the event for you, whatever you want to do, I'll, I'll take care of it for cost for you. He says, I don't want your money. He says, okay, what do you want? He says, I want you to teach me how to do it. Teach me what you did to get to where you were. And he said, when my father told him that, when he told my father that, my father gave him a big hug and said, you know, people never ask me how. Just want what I want. They just want what I have. They want me to just give it to them, different things. But you're asking me to teach you. And so he taught him the steps and taught him different things. And today he's done three times what my father did. And so he called, when my father passed away, he called me and said, you know, this is, what my, this is what your father did for me. I want to do the same thing for you. I want to mentor you. I want to, uh, I want to train you. I want to coach you. Um, anytime you have any questions, call me. And so I've, throughout this pandemic period, I've been calling him. I said, this, this, I'm dealing with this. How do you do that? How do you do that? And he's, and he, and he's been great. Um, whenever I see him, he gives me some advice. And he says, okay, go work on this. And if I see him the next time, the First thing he does when I see him, he says, okay, what have you, how far have you gone? That's what I told you to do, have you done it? So I have to be on my toes all the time to make sure that I actually listen to what he says, work on it. And so my first thing we do is, okay, from the last time we talked, this is what you said, and this is what I've done. And that I think is how you work with a mentor because when you do that, then they see your desire. You're willing to give more. But if you have a mentor that you, don't, that you talk to, you don't ever do what they say, you just sort of say, yeah, thank you very much. Next time you come by, they'll, they'll uh, yeah, okay, see my secretary, do this or do that, and things never work. So that's, that's been my experience. I've had, a, I've had a wonderful time. I agree. It's a two-way process, isn't it? Be happy to give, and I'm sure you're a mentor for many, many people, but you want that response back, don't you? Because that's when the relationship really works, and, people, and you get fulfillment, and the individual gets the results. True, true, very true. It's, 
No, all I was going to say was just a similar question to what my master in like mentorship and I think I just my own experience having a few different people who've helped me out on my journey I think has been really useful and I think kind of as you said any young people who can get get advice and help from other people is really beneficial and I think kind of with what you're doing with your Idaho's university and everything I think is really amazing and helping to inspire young people and really realize their full potential um i just think that's a really amazing course so and i just want to say thank you very much for, for what you said i think it's been a really really useful podcast so thanks very much oh well thank you very much i appreciate that we wish you every success going forward you've got big goals big dreams and we just want to help in whatever way we can help spread the message and wish you stacks of success well, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. So I hope you guys will give me some time too as well. I want to interview you as well and ask you some questions of, of, about leadership and management here, how you do what you do, because you inspire me as well too. So thank you very much for this. Thank you very much. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thank you.